0: My Natural Hair is a podcast that shares all the information you're looking to learn about natural hair. The movement, the styles, growing your hair naturally and meeting other people part of the natural hair culture and movement. My Natural Hair is hosted by LaDonna Sims and Markeisha St. Clair from Hair Goals 313. Collectively, LaDonna and Markeisha have over 25 years of experience doing natural hair. My Natural Hair is a live experience where you can come out and witness the show, meet the host, and have your questions answered every Sunday at 2 p.m. at Detroit SIP, located between University of Detroit Mercy and Mary Grove College at 7420 West McNichols, Detroit, Michigan. Join My Natural Hair every Sunday at 2 p.m. to experience the culture and the movement. Subscribe on Apple iTunes or Google Play to the My Natural Hair podcast. And don't miss the how-to lessons, styles, and love of natural hair.
1: All right, we are back in full effect in the Detroit is Different podcast studios. Kari Frazier here. Another great day, April 3rd, 2018. And I'm here with um, two of my favorite. And these are like the greatest clients ever. Um, they do natural hair. They're good people. They're colorful people. They're funny people as far as like they tell the jokes all the time and they full of uh, music, dance, life, uh, flavor. I don't know. I mean, let's see. What other adjectives could I use? You keep going. Exactly. Keep going. It's like. (laughs) Exactly. All right. So in full effect, what we got here today is we have Ladonna and Markeisha from Hair Goes 313. How about for you today?
2: Great. Perfect. Can't complain. Yes. Can't complain. I can't complain even though I have this sinus thing going on that I never had in my life. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going through it. I'm living. I'm alive. I drove through the rain and got here safe. And now I'm warm and cozy drinking my spring water. Yeah, I'm you awesome. are, you it's are all good. right
1: by the, uh, you are right by the my heat vent. Uh, yes, it's it's seat just, three it's, and four are like right in that mix.
2: Yes, this I, this is gonna be
1: my seat forever. I'll know next time.
2: Even in the summertime, <laughs> when it when it switches over to air. oh, that,
1: that's also where the AC kicks up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Window AC. Window AC. All right. So. Uh, hair Goals 313 is a natural hair salon, but it's more than a natural hair salon. It's also a place where people can come and buy products to help with natural hair, buy mm-hmm. products to help with cleansing their life, yes. uh, buy products to help with whatever diet that they want to take on and different ideas and then get a chance to meet other cool people and learn more about natural hair growth as it's a big phenomenon it's so funny today um, or was that today or the other day my friend was like I just figured I could just do my natural hair myself so it's also (laughs) a lot of people looking to do natural hair themselves Uh, she she was with the wash and go and uh, she was like man I don't know if my hair is supposed to be this wet for this long and it's supposed to stay flat and i'm like yeah you need to come to the podcast yes as we do a podcast every sunday at detroit sip 7420 west mcnichols where you all are talking about natural hair uh it's on yes. the detroit is different podcast network uh people can also come out to gross point and uh, get a chance to get in your chair meet you all uh it's in the salon suite um and it's a cool vibe that you all are putting together and the synergy that you all are building. But let's get into some of the backstory. That's what the Detroit is different story is always about. So I'm going to start with Marquisha. And it's weird because it's like you, you're starting to have a conversation with somebody that you already know the information about. But your Detroit story, as you are not a bred Detroiter, you are a, a, a convert. So, what converted <laughs> I you say to all the dude? that? What converted you to the D? What led you to Detroit?
3: Well, I met someone and I moved Dating life. Love. Yeah. Love love can
1: bring people to different places.
3: I, I chop it up to the universe. The universe always guides you to where you're supposed to be at the time you're supposed to be here. So with that being said, I came here almost eight years ago. Started working at this natural hair salon in Midtown. Met LaDonna Sims. And from the relationship, we always was cool. We always, we, we thought about doing businesses together before. But it was just like, okay, we're going to do this um, um, consignment store. We're going to do, you know, just little things. Open and up our
2: own black Rite Aid yeah, that's what <laughs> of we, natural
3: yeah. hair. We have a lot of things that we want to, we're going to do. So... Came
1: here, started with the natural hair. So let's start right there. So okay. you were dating somebody that said, hey, let's relocate to Detroit. What popped in your mind when it was like, let's relocate to Detroit? I it, was kind of excited
3: until I seen how high the insurance was here. But no. Um, okay. <laughs> um, I was excited. I was ready for a change. What did your family say? Because
1: I'm always Oh, my gosh. That my
3: family, they... After after a year of being here, moved in totally. I cut my hair off to like an inch and a half, and they was flipping out like, "What's wrong with her?" You know, the, the inboxing me. In. That's what they said. You okay? Every time somebody got shot, every time somebody got stabbed, they called me. You okay? I'm like, I'm always gonna be okay. You know. Well, talk about a little
1: bit where you're from. Um, Fort Wayne, Indiana, born, okay. born and raised. Fort Wayne, Indiana. Yes. I was like, uh, when, I, when you told me that, I'm like, dang, I didn't even know there was black people in Fort a Wayne, lot of, A lot
3: of people say that, too. I'm like, is black folks there? I'm
1: like, yes. Wow. I'm living We're in everywhere. proof. <laughs> We're everywhere. We're everywhere. Yes, everywhere. we are. <laughs> <laughs> oh my all right, so when you moved here, your family definitely had to have been thinking, like, Detroit got to be crazy as all get up. Because right. I've been to Indianapolis, mm-hmm. and I assume that's, like, the big city in Indiana.
3: No, Indianapolis is the capital. It's the biggest one. The yeah, population so the in Fort city. Wayne is only two hundred and fifty thousand so yeah. we're we're kind of small um Fort Wayne, and then Indianapolis is a little bit bigger than um uh, we
1: are and when I visited Indianapolis, I felt like I was like, oh man what it, this is this is uh definitely not a lot of big city life <laughs> It's not it's like a a, a circle in <laughs> Indianapolis Isn't like
2: a, a collegiate town. No, you wouldn't uh,
3: say that. I wouldn't say that. I don't yeah. know what we're, it is, but it's definitely. We're scattered like we are. We're, it's, moving to Detroit, I was like, I fell in love. Like, man, there's so much culture here. So many entrepreneurs. I was attracted mm-hmm. to it right off. Like, man, black people, we're doing
1: things out here. I like it. Okay, so where are some of the first uh, things that stood out about your trip to Detroit? Like, when you relocated here, what what were some places and some things that stood out? Like, wow, this is just so cool.
3: The freeways. We only have one major freeway in Mm -hmm. Indiana. Um, And coming, it took me about almost three years to get on these freeways
1: because, you know, it's intimidating a little bit. The freeways, the. Yeah, it should should be taking people their whole life not to drive on the freeway because. Oh, my gosh. It's a lot of people. um, (laughs) Man, oh, man.
3: Yeah. Oh, the (laughs) driving, too. The driving was, yeah, I'm a race car driver now, so. You know, I just go with the flow. No They <laughs> well,
1: look at you were that person in the lane, like, what are you doing?
3: <laughs> with this Indiana plate. Um, they used to, I had to hurry up and get those plates switched because they used to just <laughs> you know, punk me on the road I like the road. I actually did get run off the road on ninety six because I was going too <laughs> slow. Crazy. And yeah, and I was like, Let me get these plates off of here because they, they're not respecting me, they're not respecting my G out here. <laughs> <laughs> It was on ninety six,
1: like, uh uh-uh, uh, get over.
3: Get over. With these Indiana plates all, all this get blue over. where this blue coming from?
1: <laughs> get over. I gotta go to the original starters. <laughs> oh my god. So um, the original
3: starters.
1: All right, so with with all of this coming in and like seeing all this new culture, uh what was it like just interacting with the people when you got here? Like do you think that it was just one of those things where it's like, Wow. It was all these black people. <laughs> It was different.
3: Um, I've got to the point where uh, it, people were mad here for some reason. You know, uh, I don't know if it was where I was at. I wasn't around. Like I didn't work at Textures at the time. I didn't. I wasn't around a lot of people. I didn't have no friends when I came here. So I would go to the gas stations, little side stations, and people would just not speak. I, hi. People used to always say, "You're not from here, are you?" I'm like, no. <laughs> no ain't, so, that
1: something. ain't
3: that something but once i surrounded myself with more positive people then uh-huh. you know
1: it started turning around for me okay so now on the flip side of that Ladonna, you're from the d but you spent a lot of your growing years in new york yes. so what was that like being from detroit and then going to another city it's not just a chocolate city it's a brown city it's a white city it's a jewish city it's a everybody's in new york it's a and then black in new york is a whole different type of black because it's africans it's it's jamaicans it's people from trinidad you know yeah so what what was it like being from detroit going to new york
2: i was very excited um i did i love the fashion and everything and that's what i was excited about um but yeah it was a little different that when you see somebody and they look like you Kyrie, and then you open up and you sound like a dominican or mm-hmm. that was really different um but i did come at a um, really good era because when i moved in new york and i i chose to when i moved there and i stayed with my cousin so she stayed down the street from macy she was doing pretty well and then i had to live on my own which kind of pushed me to the bronx I met a girlfriend through a friend and um she lived in the Bronx so I ended up getting a place there. Then I moved to Harlem. Now, yeah, moving living in um the Bronx um Parkchester, it was really different. I still felt out of place cuz it was mostly Spanish. So you mm-hmm. hear Spanish sound and music and mm-hmm. most of the places around there had Spanish food and, you know, and my my girlfriend was Spanish too, but they still They still was culture. She was part of the hip hop, and you know, Mm -hmm. she worked for, I forgot the name of the, uh, anyway, she worked for um, a hip hop um, brand at that time. Thank you so much, Markeisha. Tommy Boy Records. So, it was kind of like it still was cool culture coming to visit her at work, and you know they listened to hip hop all day. And it seemed like their mm-hmm. job was pretty fun, really but um, living in ha- moving to Harlem was everything. It felt like Detroit again. It mm-hmm. just was all black, which is very different now. It's almost like what Midtown is, and when, yeah, when it yeah, was called, yeah. you know, when Harlem, it was, yeah. yeah,
1: Harlem, and you were there. What what years were you there? Nineties. Yeah, Harlem yeah, in the nineties was yeah. very. It was It was still black. It oh, was my. it was an experience. Like it'd be like you'd be walking down the street, it'd be all types of vendors, like Yes. From like Official vendors with like tables to people selling stuff out they coat. It would be mm. uh the African hair places like <laughs> stacked up right next to a uh barber shop, right next to a, a soul food kitchen, right next to a, a liquor store, right next to a lotto spot, right next to a shoe shine spot. You're like, I, I don't even know how zoning happens here. Yeah, right next wow. to like a corner church. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it was it, it was just be, a, it was a lot of yeah. um a, it was a lot um but as a loner though, you can really be a loner and still not be alone in New York, you mm-hmm. know. So yeah, it was really different, but I I kind of fell right into it. Um, you know, just got into working in the fashion and um hanging out with the you know, my girlfriend that was working, she started off at NBA working for the National Basketball Association. Then she started working for Tommy Boy Records. So mm. just her as an associate kind of opened me up to the hmm. the beginning of hip-hop, you know, which is why I told everybody how much I love Jay-Z and mm-hmm. why. Because, you know, just the beginning of his career, mm-hmm. that's mm. kind of like when I was around. So it was like, for me, coming from Detroit, watching Yo! MTV Raps and... Constant, you go out and now
1: you they're there I know, it's you like, know that like, that was just was like watching fab <sighs> fire freddy on tv now oh he God. trying to now get your phone oh, number
2: right it was just like wow you know and then your <laughs> like, starstruckness i mean strange. you know detroiters the thing is i had to realize is that they really had mad respect for me and was wondering like you got a gun like i i didn't know our, what our view with like how they viewed us <laughs> mm-hmm. in other places
1: mm-hmm and yeah, that's what I was gonna say. How did that? Like, could they tell you from the D? Did they tell you? Well, style they thought was that they,
2: everybody thought that um, they wanted to know if I could if I could sing. They thought mm-hmm. that I had a voice that I sing, because we sound like this. Yeah, mm-hmm. girl. Cause so we went to the store and it was like what <laughs> you know. So that's how uh-huh. we talk. And so my girlfriend had to tell me like we don't know your friends. We don't know the streets. Just get it off you know like Detroit be like you know New York is really to the point you know this that and the other so we went there boom bam this is it you know that's how they talk and so when I'm talking it's like yeah girl so you know (laughs) so they thought you can sing and then some people thought you was like straight up south and I had to say I don't sound like this you know Uh, I don't talk like that that's country uh-huh. I say I speak like this. You know, I just, it's that they just thought you were country. But as mm-hmm. far as... Um, me but you
1: realize that New Yorkers think every place other than New York is country. Yeah, they do. I mean, okay, country I'm just, I'm just be, letting you know. New Jersey. Jersey, is Jersey is country. Jersey is country than New York.
2: Yeah, it was just like... But when I went to school um, at Central State University, I kind of like... There, it was a little hub of um, New Yorkers and Mm. the East Coast. So I kind of was one of those girls. I had one best friend, kind of like how it is with me and Markeisha, and we just hung around different cliques. We had football player friends. We had Q friends. We had, you know, Mm. guys in the back at, at Central State that, you know, the dope boys that stayed in the back. Like, we just had different friends. But the New Yorkers was very arrogant mm-hmm. they were really arrogant about their music but the thing is just coming into their room while you know everybody smoking and you know and playing beats
0: mm-hmm.
2: they they were literally cypher you know like they not cypher cypher remain I that you sharing freestyling, they yeah. they're freestyling and uh-huh. i just thought i just love that mm-hmm. i just like the fact that you know over a beat, you know, mm-hmm. I could just hang with them. And they just was just so about their culture. They was so North Face and Thames. They was so mm-hmm. like, you know, they were loyal to their yeah. thing. And you know, um, and then, you know, I was dating a New Yorker at that time. And when The Chronic came out, I'm like, now what? What, what now? Cause you know, cause, <laughs> <coughs> cause this is a crossover. Like right. the only person that they really would accept would be Ice Cube and, mm-hmm. and um snoop mm-hmm. at the time but when the chronic came out i'm like could you really fight this and then southern mm-hmm. Playlisted listed out i'm like could y'all really mm-hmm. you know and they still was kind of yeah i know they yeah. really east coast bias yeah, yeah they bias. really really yeah.
1: biased yeah heavy they heavy. were yeah yeah heavy so with this whole feel. Um, back to the city of Detroit what led you back to Detroit from New York
2: um, my mother opened up a restaurant um, was uh, low tide too out in um, Wayne mm-hmm. and so um, at that time I was not really burnt out with New York I just the corporate world far as the fashion and where I thought I was going to go with it it didn't seem to it seemed like the Jews had it really locked down and you know you would you know i wanted to be um, an image consultant or wardrobe stylist or you know a stylist for the videos or video shoot so i kind of like work for free on a lot of things but you know new yorkers are very cliquish um mm. you know like and i i can't really like rockefeller you know how hard they were they just wrote a die for their name so they were very cliquish um when my mother called it was a it was kind of like i'm ready to i'm ready you know maybe when when was that She called me back home in 2001.
1: Okay, so you came back in 01. How often were you traveling back from New York? during this Never. time all right so when you came back to detroit and saw detroit in 01 and that was a pivotal year that was mary Kilpatrick's patrick's first year uh, uh that was
2: also our 300th birthday yeah,
1: detroit 300 yes yeah uh stevie wonder gave that long concert but it was great it was great I, I, one of the best free I concerts ever. as it. It long as i'll get up
2: yes it was it was it was long but yeah
1: but uh You know, I I think he gave like a fifteen minute overjoy. It was, it was amazing (laughs) though. It was.
2: was.
1: (laughs) Uh, I saw all types of people at that Detroit three hundred celebration. They actually put up that monument that honors the Underground Railroad too. That time, okay. Um, So what what was Detroit two thousand and one like when you came back? What 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 did you remember about coming back? Because it was a lot different than when you left. Um, like what stood out? <laughs> nothing, nothing stood out.
2: What you <sighs> say? Everything was kind con- of because nothing really too much. Um,
1: to changed, you in that time for nothing you. changed to you
2: i changed i mean like everybody was looking at me different
1: okay so you think more so your change caused it but like no the, no no
2: not my oh no i didn't cause a change in Detroit. your change
1: caused the people around you but i'm talking about just like period. looking at
2: detroit okay mm-hmm. so me bumping back into my friends that i haven't mm-hmm. seen but i was kind of like just I I oh I was out in Wayne and I never ever left Detroit. I never knew I didn't know what Wayne, Michigan would be like. And I was thinking like, Mom, would they put these? What if they put crosses in front of our building? I didn't know that um, Mm. Wayne, Inkster, Romulus was that um, mixed. No, Mm. it was mixed. I mean, it's it's a mix, and I mean, you know, Mm. people were mixing. Far as you know, I think that they had more diversity to me than I did growing up um I really didn't grow up with um whites in my school. And I mean, I, I everything mm-hmm. that I did was basically all black.
1: But even the story of Inkster <coughs> as it said, like you know, the whole Inkster, and this is something that I was hearing like boy boy it's like um all these old uh, urban legends. The the whole thing is Inkster was built so that they could have black plant workers work. Hence ink meaning black. Wow. wow! Now I didn't know that, but
2: I know that 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 they have a big plant. Now where we where our restaurant was stationed, we had the whole plant dimmer, um, you know, for the the focus plant, the truck plant. All of that is lined up mm. against each other. So yeah, we uh we really did really well far as business wise with that. But that's interesting. I didn't I didn't know that part. Mm. But yeah, um,
1: yeah, it's definitely a lot of black folks in Inkster
2: yeah but it was a lot of you know our business was it's it was just, right there mm-hmm. yeah but our business felt like I was I didn't really it felt like I was ready because it was like I can deal with all the cultures mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. was a mixture of blacks and whites that came to our business and supported us I mean you know really a lot it was it, we didn't just have a lot of blacks we really had a equal mix of, uh, of different people there. buying. Yeah. <laughs> yes yeah Okay. And 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 we became you know I was able to do it, but me working at the salon, i mean, at the restaurant. Um, I you know New York at that time, we we had a a difference in dressing. Our dressing was far ahead. So at this point point we were wearing. I came home and my mother. You know people was just coming to the shop because I wore low waisted jeans where you can see my dimples and I, you know the cleavage you know I just didn't know I mean I, I realized that we are a, a religious city and I mean me living in New York and caught up in the fashion and the look of things I really you know every place that you work you got a clothing allowance you have to re- represent the store mm-hmm. so uh, most of my clothes kind of represent that so I'm just kind of like the hippie look refined coming back with two strand twist in my hair and I just look very different and people didn't know where to how to you know take yeah
1: yeah they they saying cleavage and uh back dimples and they like what's your name <laughs> or your we sign? just came to, to see that they was
2: like we watch. just came to see the girl <laughs> with the low-waisted jeans and my mother was like your jeans is dirty like wash your jeans and I was like no mama they call dirty jeans so you know they that was the look you know so mm-hmm. it was a, so I ended up, you know, getting more conservative after that. You know, okay. working at the I just didn't, you know, it wasn't a a look. That's like almost like a girl that lived in Florida and then she come here and want to wear a bathing suit and start skating in the street or California. And They'd be like, "What the, what? You know, you she a beach girl, but in Detroit we don't." do that so guys might be having car accidents and you know don't know what <laughs> yeah. you know going on what's up with this they girl would. and they everybody would. would be like oh she's a hoe she's nasty like mm-hmm. you know but she's a beach it. girl yeah. and that's how they kind of dress they don't really wear curls like I have, I was cool with an island girl in New York and she just <clears throat> she just dressed hot you know she just was mm-hmm. sexy like you know the, the Spanish women they just own they you know they they put their clothes on and they go about their business. I mean, you looking at tits and, butt, you know, like they just mm. flat stomachs and mm.
1: they
2: just wearing their clothes. It's, that's that's just kind of like what it was. So
1: so that's something that you did notice that was different here. You think that the dress, fashion was a <laughs> the, lot different The, dra-
2: the, the fashion was, it was a lot different. And I mean, just to wear, I mean, maybe where I grew, where I was just more confident in myself and I just wore what I felt you know what I wore and I didn't I just got dressed for the day and didn't think about it
1: mm-hmm. and
2: so people would remind you like oh your pants or your outfit you know mm-hmm. like or
1: okay so other than that like uh as time goes natural hair what leads both of you all into natural hair
2: well um
1: and then we'll, we'll bounce it I started
2: well I started my journey and uh when I was living in Harlem and um started with the I did the did the braids and then I grew my hair out and chopped it and then What type of braids? I did the uh the Tizillions. um mm-hmm. you know I was uh going to uh Jamaica and I got my hair braided and I I wore that style for a minute and then I found the two strand twist extension and I started wearing that style or yarn I did the yarn braids that's kind of like what Maxine uh wore in Living Single I f- I found her um her stylist because I liked her hair and I found out where she got her hair done and went to the Red Creative Salon and got that style and I rocked that for a while and it just helped me grow my hair out and you know Mm. by the time I came back home I was wearing my own hair in two strand twists so another thing a lot of people didn't know if I was straight or gay they was judging you know my hair because I guess it was short and Mm-hmm. You know she different. You know and she. What's up with her? Because I guess short hair in Detroit might mean that you. <laughs> On the short other hair side. Period, like yeah, you know. That you're a
1: lesbian. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. you know, and it's like no, I'm strictly yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So. All right. So, as you as you're going through this transition, Marquisha, what what was it that led to your natural
3: hair? My hair wasn't as healthy as it was, late um, earlier in life. I always had. Shoulder length All the way down to my back hair It always reached a certain length And then it would break off Always did hair on the side Braid my cousin's hair Did my sister's hair My cousin's hair My aunt's hair Everybody's hair But never was very interested in doing it um, Professionally Yes Mm -hmm. Um, And I was never interested In in putting a a chemical In anybody's hair Because to be honest with you Every time I relaxed my hair, I used to always be like, well, this might be the one to take it all out. You know, I always had that feeling because it burned so much putting it in my hair. I knew it was wrong. It just felt wrong. I I didn't know all the education behind it. But when I came here, I was researching how to get my hair back healthy. And then natural hair popped up. And that's what was the light bulb. Okay.
1: All right. So... When you started researching and finding out more about natural hair, what were some of the things that you you applied? Like, how did you go about it? What did you know to do next? Uh, What was the next step? The next step
3: was to stop putting heat in my hair. um, And I did that and to stop putting relaxers in my hair. And I just did that immediately. Once I stopped putting heat in my hair and relaxers, my hair turned into something it, it turned into a whole nother issue. It was like fried. It was it was it was a mess. So I just cut it all the way off. I left a little bit here in the front, and I decided to cut that off too. And I asked my boyfriend, cause I was telling he was walked me through the whole journey. And one day I came home and I was like, I'm just about to cut it off. It's it's just looking a mess. He was like, You sure? And I was like, Yeah. And that kind of how he said, are you sure? It was like, I know he would have supported me, but it was like, I got to do what I got to do. I went in the bathroom that night and cut it all off. He was like, I'm glad you did because I'm tired of hearing about it. <laughs> so I cut it off and then I just started researching. I started researching products. I started researching um, just chemicals and and looking um, looking up the chemicals and what they were doing to the body and doing to the mm-hmm. inside And I never knew that the chemicals was penetrating inside of our cranium, Mm -hmm. but it was I never knew that it was linked to my headaches. And it was so I just started doing a whole bunch of research and the chemicals and, you know, a healthier way.
1: All right. So from there, what led you into styling other people's natural hair? I got dope at it. <laughs> okay.
3: I got I got dope at it. I um, looked up a natural hair. Um, it was naturally fly, and they were having a meetup. So I went to the naturally fly meetup, and they were like, "Oh, you should you know you should come and you know help us out doing you know different things with the events," which I did, and it just led me to meet different people and led me to just started you know, just meeting different people and and concentrating more on natural hair I, um, and the food and I was just getting educated about a whole bunch of things that I
1: wasn't aware of Okay, LaDonna, what led you into styling other people's hair naturally?
2: <clears throat> when I first moved back here I had the two strand twist extension I went to the uh, jazz festival with my mother mm-hmm. the jazz that they, they do every yeah. know, year and, Labor Day um, yeah and so it was a lot of elders there a lot of her friends and um you know they were going through menopause and things like that and i would tell them that this is not my hair it's stitches and they didn't believe it and then from there it was the baby boomers that you know i i learned how to do my stylist me getting my hair done from her and um you know touching up my own hair taking them out and putting them back in i end up learning how to do the two-strand twists, I did start doing my hair when I moved here, and then I started doing other hair. we go to women's houses, my mother's friends, and a friend to tell her friends. So, so it was
1: really your mom's friends, and you said, so why did you speak about the Jazz Fest so much? Why did that stand Um, like?
2: Because we were there, and a lot of people was liking my hair, and they was just liking the look, and you know, just was like, this is so nice. Your hair is odd. Oh, this is so pretty. And I'm like, it's not my hair. And then my mother was like, why you keep telling them that? And I was like, I mean... You know, I'm just, you know, sharing. it. so a lot of the women were talking to me about their hot flashes and, you know, they just tired of the wigs. They're tired of wearing wigs and they would like to, you know, do something like that to grow their own hair out. And, you okay. know, so uh, I did one of her girlfriend's hair and then their friend to come over and it was just like oh my stylist is here she's mm-hmm. doing my hair and it's like you know and then they a friend to come over and they'll see it then they want you to come to their house and then i, I kind of mm-hmm. like started in people's houses and um, one day um my friend maddie dread he introduced me to uh nefertiti and um and I, uh, well i used to get my hair done by natural at the um and happy to be nappy, and I met Naturale there. And then when she Naturale left, um, she ended up working with Nefertiti. So I knew Nefertiti and Naturale. And then later on, Nefertiti ended up getting a bigger space, and uh, she opened up a, a space for me. And I started to do you know the two strand twists and comb coils and uh, the extensions in a, in a salon. But basically, I started off All right. doing out my hair out my house.
1: Okay, so let's talk about going to other people's houses and then what that journey was. So you basically started with a, with an a, a older generation of yes. women and doing their off, hair.
2: Yeah, I started off with an older generation of women, and then it was a young girl that was from Louisiana that lived out in Wayne that had natural hair, and um, I went to her house. Um, and did her hair so I also through working at my mother's restaurant you know on Sundays and Mondays I would use that time to do people hair and I also worked at Pure Detroit um, in um, the Guardian building I mean the um, the Fisher building Um, Vera Jane and I met people there and then I would get do hair on my off days on a Sunday and Monday so I worked for my mother Pure Detroit just trying to figure out you know working with mm-hmm. rufus bartell in the fashion just trying to figure out what i wanted to do and then within that it kind of fell into doing hair which i just never really thought okay. i would be doing
1: all right so with that just like what 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 is that relationship like as a stylist when you actually go into someone's home and do their hair like just stop right there what is the essence of that like especially that connection between stylists and person and their home what like how do you build? How do you even keep the lines like even clear like on a professional level? Does it become more personal? Does oh, because it, it was uh, like it was like, only by
2: word of mouth. Um I wouldn't okay. go to anybody's house, and you couldn't just. I wouldn't go to Pookie anybody's house. You know, mm-hmm. like it was always um, a, a friend of a friend, and my mother mm-hmm. had professional friends, so.
1: So it just made sense. Yeah, it made sense. So, so
2: yeah, I go over to her house. One lady, she you know she was taking care of her husband so she really couldn't leave and mm-hmm. it was a, I kind of had a couple of women like that that had husbands that you know that or they were taking care of or whatever their situation was mm-hmm. and I came to their house to do their hair um, and it was kind of cool because those women they had cable they cooked you know they <laughs> they um, you know it was comfortable you know um, how,
1: how how about like your skill set as far as the time and how did you even learn how to price it? And this grew out of like a, a labor of something that you like yourself. And now well, you're applying it to other people. Like, did you did you build methods and styles? Like, when did it become that? Like, wow, I really like doing this and I this is what I want to do.
2: I liked working out of my house or working at somebody's house and being able to be in control of my, you know, my my hours like i mean especially working for my mother it was like that entrepreneurial experience was good and then mm. when i was able to make my first money that it, that was in my hands that i didn't have to you know i actually made this and uh end up making a having a relationship with the people that had the uh, asians that had the natural hair because in New York it was so expensive, and to come here and, and find Lee's beauty supply had this hair for like $60 with four bundles, it was easier. So, what I did was, um, my beautician in New York charged me the service of because she did it out of her house because the two strand twist extension in New York was more like a $500 hairdo because people could lock from there, and you know, it was a it, it was just a big business like and mm-hmm. so when i came here i just you know started off with a set rate and then you you buy the hair and then I, i'll put it in at this service so i just charged that service rate and then um the more i kept doing it the more i got confident and then my speed got better but um working at textures it kind of like instead of you working at your house you end up gaining your space, your your pace better because you're in a business that you got to move the chair. You got to move out.
1: All right. So that leads to the next point for you, Markeisha. Uh You all met at Textures by Nefertiti. Uh, shout out to Nefertiti. Shout out to my man Jallo. Uh My connection with her is the drummer, the funky drummer, my man Jallo. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, that's, uh That's a drummer that's held me down many a times and many a shows. Just always smooth always cool but um with that being said how did you end up at textures by nefertiti
3: a facebook <laughs> looking for a receptionist so i started off at textures by nefertiti as a receptionist i went in for an interview and i also told her that i knew how to do hair too so she was like great you know um you could do hair on Sundays and Mondays when you're not and and Tuesdays when you're not the receptionist Wednesday through Saturday from 9 to 6 so i would take clients sometimes before my shift and mm-hmm. after my shift and on Sundays and Mondays and Tuesdays so basically some days i was working the whole week
1: just so i could get clients in Okay. So you just knew you wanted to be there and closer to the industry and that's what you were like, look, this is my foot in the door and I'm about to take it. Mhm. Okay. All right. And then when did you all meet?
2: Right off. <laughs> she was a receptionist. <laughs> and uh, we end up getting cool, so that means Okay. When the calls come in.
1: All right, so i uh, am
2: <laughs> just, jo- just joking. No, nah, nah, we end up um kinda like just hitting it off. Um, she came in and um I guess we were our, our staff was really we we're funny so we was on the floor and I think we were playing I, we, I was playing this humming game mm-hmm. like you know let's hum this song and see if I can guess it and so you know just to break the ice and so Markeisha guessed the song that mm-hmm. I was humming and I was like what like how you, what the homegirl guy so then after that you know we uh we would get off and start you know she likes to eat she used to work in the food industry so she's a foodie i'm a foodie uh she's a cook and i worked at a restaurant you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um we just started after work affairs just hanging out you know and and it kind of happened more because i mean it was nobody else at the salon that i really did like me and Natural used to go out sometimes with mm. me and Marquise. My, Natural got kids and, you know, yeah, different yeah. life. And I'm single. I don't have no kids. And I, I'm i ready every day. And I live downtown. So Marquise should live he, down, you know, like she all her kids is grown. So mm-hmm. we just end up clicking and end up, you know, just hanging out at new spots and trying different spaces in and, and downtown. And eating out and just hanging out and, and then having conversations about hair and gaining clients everywhere we go
1: <laughs> okay so as you talk about this gaining clients everywhere you go right now Hair Goes 313 is in existence it's out in the Salon Suites in Point on Point Uh what's the address exactly Sixteen eight two four.
2: Uh, and yep. it's on, and it's inside of my salon suites. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: So, all right. That, Hair Goals 313. How did that come together? Uh, how did it launch? What What was the vision of that?
2: Um, it was a... I got a wake-up call June 1616, 16, you know, um, where it was, like, time for me to, like, you know, make a move or figure out what's the next step, you know. Um, and... Uh, something happened where it just pushed me forward to you know how you find yourself uh, trying to work and share ideas and you know some people just might not be on your page or you know uh, and then me and Markeisha was just trying to we just wanted something more so Mm -hmm. like one time we end up wanting to give to the homeless on the cold day we went and on our break at Textures, just wanted to do it. And then another thing Markeisha came up with, we wanted to um, do hair uh, at a... um, Um, It was a place where, it was like a halfway house for um, girls, teenage girls. And she got hit up because she brought the wash and go to Textures, and Kimberly Elise, uh liked her, her, her wash and go, which was really big. And through that happening, somebody reached out. And I guess when you uh, have the halfway houses of different places, they hire salons to come in to mm-hmm. do it. And at this point, they wanted to stop dealing with the perms. And mm-hmm. they wanted to try to get the girls' hair natural. And I think it was a somewhat of a you know, conflict of interest with, I mean, I think Markeisha shared it with the with the owner and, you know, she decided she want, didn't want to do mm-hmm. it and they kind of shut things down. Going and it was kind of, yeah. it kind of put her down like, you know, she's just a receptionist. So at that point it was just like, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's get th- our own spot. It, not necessarily
2: it, not that. Not necessarily that. It really didn't work out like that. It just kind of. I just put it out in the universe, and I really didn't know. I just started to feel like I, I needed to do something more, and it just felt like I was kind of stunned where I was, and it was only so much you can do mm-hmm. in this space, and I just think it was so much more I could do. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, so it, it opened up, and um, I think another young lady had found the Maya Salon Suites. Uh, shout out to Mo. Uh, such a natural beauty she's one of the suite mates um, there at um, my salon suites Mm -hmm. Um, she ended up getting a space there and uh, she gave me the information so me and and I just decided to just go check it out but I really wasn't thinking about moving you know just I just kind of felt like I was kind of scared didn't really have that thing that that enough in me to think that I could have my own shop. I had two people, uh Barry Gray, shout out to Barry Gray, uh, one of my first clients that used to come. I used to he used to do do his hair at my house. And another guy named uh Keith Johnson. I mean Keith Jones, he used to be um he works for the mayor's office and he uh also uh you might know him, I have to show you his picture and stuff. But he also said, you know, I you know, he was an accountant and I, I would talk to them too and they mm-hmm. always say you can have your own place, you know, you can have your own place. And I'm like, no, this is good. All of us women working together and, you know, it's a good space and, you know, and um, eventually they were right. I mean, I just didn't see that. And so when I went to uh, my salon suites to meet with Hillary, uh, Markeisha decided she wanted to come with me. Hmm. and when we saw the space that you see us in now she showed us that space first and you know I was thinking I'm just going to find a one suite for myself mm-hmm. Markeisha was just with me and then she had the money like right there <laughs> like I she was like well it's going to be $500 down and you know how much it would be monthly and Markeisha had the whole amount mm-hmm. and she was like let's do it so she was kind of like the the pushing, Mm -hmm. and that's something that she saw, and even Mo was like, you know, you can do it. I mean, I'm pretty sure your clientele, and I was just kind of fearful that would they come out here, would they follow me, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, Markeisha kind of had belief in me that I didn't really have for myself, Hmm. and um, that's when she put the money down. It it solidified it, and then I just kept my mouth shut, and just we just started picking out stuff for the salon and you know and keeping it moving and all through it it was uh it was scary and uneasy but I kind of you know with the support you know I did it and then once we did it and to find out people lived on the east side you know like people was willing to you know travel and I mean, God, I mean, it's not that I haven't stepped out on faith before, like stepping out on faith, selling my car to move to New York, Um, stepping out on faith to go to college to Central State, you know, and nobody there that I, you know, I did have friends that went to school. But um, to step out and own your own business, like, and really have the name, and we coming up with the names, and we really Mm – it was really I, I mean, even right now we we in our we in our our first year and look at the doors that open, like how I met you and just mm-hmm. it just like the support just got better. So I mean, I'm glad I took the leap, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm glad for the uncomfortable push that made me wanna do it, you know.
1: Okay, so let's talk about that uncomfortable push for you. Here goes three one three. How did it spark?
2: Actually,
3: when we left that day to go see the um, I was just going with her, like she said, we, we had no attention to opening anything up. When she showed us that spot in that window view, it just seemed right. You know, like, let's do this. You know, we've been talking about doing a business and not even a hair business. We that was not we never even talked about like when we got to that spot and she was like, well, you do this and this and this is how much money we need. We was like. We looked at each other. and We was like, you know, we looking in our like, let's let's just do it. It was nothing planned at all, mm-hmm. you know, and and that's how hair goes. And she 3-1-3 was even was. the way she was so,
2: acting like you guys could do it. It's like what the, you just the go. owner of the
1: suites. Yeah. yeah. All right. So when uh, and being in there now after it gets going and and you get the chairs in and you got everything going, it's rocking. How did it feel? Like how did it feel the first day that you were in your own shop?
3: it felt surreal yeah it still feels like every time i turn the key it's like man this is this is is ours Uh (laughs) you know it's it's a humbling feeling it's it's not nothing to be like because i got my um you know it doesn't feel because it's work you know it's work it feels like you're making a difference and Mm -hmm. and that's what i every time i touch somebody's hair i feel like i'm making a difference um helping them with their hair
2: helping them with the growth it's it's like we have our own office, and now we can just, you know, um, mm-hmm. just it's, it's a, we're able to it, I mean, even when I Create. was yeah, even when I was at Textures, I had in my mindset that this is called Authentic Roots, this spot mm-hmm. right here. Authentic Roots of Detroit was the name of my little personal business within mm-hmm. Textures, because we pay booth rent, you mm-hmm. know, um, we pay commission, but um, you know, just to be able to the products that I will use. And the lady that I've been using her products since I'm, you know, even when Markeisha, um, she was working with Naturally Fly. And they they take, that's the women of the Sweet Potato Sensations over mm-hmm. there. Um, they have a bus ride that they go to Atlanta all the time. So me and Markeisha went there. And I went a couple of times after Markeisha went, you know. And I ended up meeting Zuresh. I combed the whole place trying to find products that were like 100% good mm-hmm. for us and I liked uh, Zaresh and um Mia, Maya, Mia was cool and then once I got my own spot she's like you can sell the product I got your spot mm-hmm. so now I can sell the product so now we, we're starting that business that Mia and Markeisha talked about because I thought she was so awesome with product this girl knows products so good what's bad what's not good because of all the studying she did when her hair was going through that uh, those things and then and me I was going to uh, the lady uh, across the spiral collective mm-hmm. uh Rose I would get a lot of my products from there because when I moved back from New York she sold Carol's daughter she was the only mm-hmm. one that sold Carol's daughter before Carol's daughter ended up going to Macy's and yeah. then she sold the company not at Target and mm. everywhere, and she also have all these other brands that are black owned brands that that mm. are um, very that had the products that I like in it that was sulfate so free, no petroleum, no mm. mar- mineral oil, so. Now we got an opportunity where we can buy products because now we have our own name, our business, and now we can sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was working for Textures, Nefertiti would have to do it because I only, uh, I only mm-hmm. have a booth, you know, whatever. So that, that kind of works out. So all of our dreams is kind of like coming together. Yeah. coming together. It's so, coming um, together.
1: So being in business, uh, I talked about that first day. Where does it stand out? What do you see next for Hair Goals 313? Markeisha first I'm gonna ask you
3: we have a lot of things planned for um, 2018 we want to do more for our clients Mm -hmm. Um, customer appreciation we want to have some skating parties we want to have a vision board party for you know here goes wish your hair goes vision and do like a vision board we want to do a lot of stuff because when you have a business you want to keep things fresh and new you want to always include where you're getting your money from also, because our clients, mm-hmm. they're supporting our life. So we want to make them feel like it's worth it. You know, you're going to get more than just a hairstyle coming from Hair Goals 313. We, they want to be included in stuff. We want to include them in every aspect of our lives, just like they're paying our bills. You know, it's important to give back
1: because they're giving to us. Okay. For you, what's the vision for Hair Goals 313?
2: I just want to uh, want us to be I want to be able to uh, teach and share more about uh, natural hair mm-hmm. and be able to teach younger uh, generations how to do it mm-hmm. um, and to create a a, a lifestyle um, where we're healthy where we're eating better we're working out we're um, developing uh better relationships, men and women. Our culture needs to come to be- together and we need family. And I those are the things I really like. That's the source of everything. Like uh I only thing I wanted to do and I thought I wanted to be a psychologist and help people, but my cousin Shannon, um she said, you know, through the hair, you can get into people's closets and house. You know, I like to I like interior decorating. I like uh, I like being a lifestylist. I just want to be able to have people live their fullest lives. So if your hair is free, if you have, you know, know how to deal with your hair, which was is a big thing in our culture, you know, you can be more free to work out. You can be more free to swim and and live more life instead of worrying about your hair so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and being a more of a healthier culture and more of us getting out and getting to know each other and being around each other. So creating a culture of that. So even though we do hair, you know, we want to do skating parties. We want to do things at a yoga studio, you know, where, you know, you get your hair done and then, you know, this is a place that you can do to, to meditate or work out. Just a uh, overall lifestyle of health. So if we can get, uh, with the hair goals, I really want to do more like, uh, you know, us buying black. Um, it's a lot of people making products um, that's good for our skin, that's for our culture. Um, not excluding any other cultures because we all mixed, you know. So it's kids that, you know, we have mixed cultures. So your hair is mixed. It's different types of hair strands, like bringing the the culture together and all of us being healthy and uh, more natural and uh, supporting uh, farms or people like the D-Farms, mm-hmm. you know, trying to just be more natural gra- grassroot and um, more creative. More so community. More community. So if if hair goes through one thing, when people come to us, I mean, they bring in their family. Once you get in our chair, now you're talking about, you know, who's been sick in your family. Then, you know, Markeisha would make the sea moss and, you know, or we making oils fitted to your hair. We're constantly studying things about, you know, hair loss, um, you know, medicine that you can take, alternatives, just just becoming a community where we talk about stuff and we can guide you to where we can. Like people come to us and they have uh, issues with their hair. We know Dr. Heidelberg and all these different um, doctors that they can go to or you know, colonics, you know the holistic health center. Like just creating or being a place where you can come to me or come to Hair Goals and we can help you meet your goals or or have a, a place where we know people that are doing great things where we can you know, connect
1: your the nice dots. Spot, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. So with that being said, that kind of moves us to the classic Detroit is different questions. Um, question number one, um, Donna, I'm going to go to you. You spoke last. Uh, what was your very first car? What was the year making model of it? And, uh, <laughs> what type of car was it? What year did you get it?
2: I got my, uh, first car in college. Um, it was in, uh, 90. Um, <laughs> a guy that I was, I can't even say I was dating him. He ended up just getting me a Toyota Celica, and it was an 82, even in the 90s. How long, how
1: long
2: did it last? It lasted me, um, till I moved to New York. Okay. 92. Okay. I sold so the car. Well, 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 I was driving back and forth from Central State. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it did have a little hole in the thing. I can see the ground, but it <laughs> did. The Toyota Celica sell- really last me, and um, and I, and I did sell it for, uh, nine hundred dollars, and that okay. kind of like gave me money to you know to do what you had to do to stay, you know, in New York. Yeah. Where was the first started. place you
1: went when you got the car?
2: Um, basically it's Xenia, Xenia and, um, and, um, Dayton, you know, like in between those. I had an apartment at that time. So my apartment was in, uh, it's in, in the town, um, uh, away from, uh, where Central State was, but it was like a, another town because Central State is actually in Xenia. So I would say, uh, my apartment was in, um. So you just went home
1: when you guys your car.
2: Went back and forth home, or uh, yeah. So the first and, and
1: ride you took was to go to your house. That was the first place you went.
2: Yeah, he brought the car to my apartment, so I was oh, doing stuff. So and I was doing was stuff. I, I, I mean, going back to campus. Okay, you know, so your took, first I used my car back to...
1: Go to, to, go to like what was the first ride you did when you got your very first car? So the first place you went was to school.
2: Yeah, went back to went to campus cuz you know I okay. stayed in the city so I probably just did city stuff, went to the, mm-hmm. the, the um I also worked at Kroger so mm-hmm. I was able to <laughs> Okay. move around like that. I had a job and then I went to school. Okay.
1: Marquisha, for you. What was your very first car? What year, make, and model? And what year did you get it?
3: Um 1995. I got my first car, and it was a night No, 19. Yeah, did I say
1: 1995? Yep. Got my first car, and it was a 1985 Buick Century. I had a uh, 85 Buick Century. There yeah. We go. Or was it 85? No, it was 89. The 89. Century. All right, them boxes. Yeah, that's what it was boxed. All right. So, uh, how long did it
3: last? Oh, it lasts. I actually gave it away Hmm. to a friend because I got a new car. Probably about five years later. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. All right. Where's the first place you went when you got it? Home. Yeah. Okay. So you got it. Drove. And and
3: drove home. All right.
1: Here you go. You're the DJ at the end of the fireworks for Detroit. Uh, you get to play three songs. Woodward and Jefferson. You're DJing. What What three songs are you playing? The
3: three last songs of the night? Yep. Uh, Tupac's, You Gotta Go, We Gotta Go. <laughs> okay, check out time. Check out time, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, what else would I play? Man. Uh, I don't know, Carl, you put me on the spot. Mm-hmm.
1: We gotta give three.
3: Gotta get three,
1: dang (sighs) Gangster Party, Tupac Okay, you staying on the same uh, (laughs) Same album (laughs) Just the second, the first disc The second disc All right, so uh, Two of America's Most Wanted, Checkout Time Mm -hmm. We're going all eyes on me so I definitely know that you Century had a whole lot of that. Oh my, I had <laughs> the bangs in it. And you know what?
3: I had the bangs in it. I worked at a pizza place in um, 1995. <laughs> and this Caucasian dude, you know, he was the son's, he was the son of the the owner. Uh-huh. He had this kicker box and he got a new kicker box and he gave the kicker box to me. I got the kicker box at Kenwood pullout that you, you know, the one Mm -hmm. that you carry like that for $60. I woke up. I was banging like I was like the only one banging as a girl. I woke up one morning and it was nothing but glass outside. They stole my car for $60. I never got any sounds ever since. Mm -hmm. And this was 1995. I had to Mm -hmm. start that car with a screwdriver from. for Sounds. Yeah. yeah. Like came
1: in bumping Tupac. Right. Came out bumping up.
3: Nothing. Exactly. And I was like, I oh, don't never won no sounds and never got any. So my last song would be Biggie Smalls. What is that? Name some biggies.
1: It's a lot of stuff, but it's you, <laughs> it's your P. It's your P. Um.
2: Don't go
1: Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Hmm? Oh, you I mean uh, one, yes, one More Chance? One More Chance, yeah. The remix? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Three songs from you, LaDonna.
2: Shook Ones.
1: Okay. Mob Deep.
2: Um, Roll to the Riches.
1: Ah. Uh. Um, cool, ah, DJ wait, wait, Polo. cool, cool, G, cool G rap, G- cool. G rap. She going real New York all <laughs> and, you know, I've never heard of cool. G rap on this list. <laughs> <laughs> some um, somebody from the five percent nation of Islam will come up to you and be like, "Hey, yo, God." <laughs> 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 and you know
2: you you're rocking. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but that that's not like that, you know those are like that's not a banger, that's that like mahogany and all right. that Right Um I would say uh <laughs> Roxanne Chante. Which one? <laughs> um, Roxanne Roxanne, that one. The one with the one she went off on, uh, on, on UTFO, her yeah. diss song, yeah, I the just real yeah, the real Roxanne, yeah. I, I, I forgot the how real that made Roxanne. me feel because so I just saw the movie and I was just like, God, I remember when that came out, it was just like
1: dissing UTFO, ain't that something?
2: It was just the best. This and was. UTFO,
1: I haven't watched it yet, but I'm gonna watch that movie soon. Um, but that 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 concludes everything. I generally ask, what who would you name what word after? But being that you're, you're you, I, I, you need another about, when we do this interview. No, she in got a good, seven years. years
2: is a good, what's nah,
1: the. Nah, nah, it's about 12, 10. Ah, yeah, I'm not yeah, seasoned yet. I'm not seasoned. What would you, you name, what
2: would words? after you change the name?
3: hmm
1: Yeah, I generally ask that question, but you got to hold on that one. You gotta okay. hold on that one. So we'll okay. come back and we'll get to that one Because
3: it has to be after somebody from the D Right yeah well okay. preferably
1: Even though the last person from the D did not Pick somebody from the D oh. so you know I don't know but you know it is What it is you know I, I can't I can't flavor these questions too Much but those are definitely Some colorful
2: answers What's the lady that uh, That passed that taught everybody Etiquette at, at Motown she needs the street.
1: Uh, man, I can't believe I want to say. I love um, her. I,
2: w- I really miss, I mean, okay. you know, she's an ancestor now. I know you're looking over me, but that's something I really that's wish we would have met her because I really want to be that person for the D. We, we could do that. <laughs> the too. etiquette, you know, like just etiquette and how to teach people how to get Maxine along. Maxine Powell. I can't yes, believe Maxine. I got that name. Yeah, wow. it's she, she, she definitely needs the street. Ain't that something I think we talk about her At
3: least And we never remember her name At least once Yeah A couple No probably about Three or four times a month because Like we, we need to do something heard like Markeisha that You what
2: Markeisha said About mm. how it is in Detroit You know like We don't have to be that mean Like I really want us to be <laughs> A little bit <laughs> more happier cool. You know what I mean I, I mean, think that if you work cool. out And you free yourself From things I mean you know We face our stuff That it might be A little lighter Because it's mm. just A little nasty mm. And I'm kind of you know, but I mean, but at the end of the day, I think you are who you and I'm I'm gonna say this. I think your personality attracts you to what you want. Exactly. So at the end of the day, I do have a very uh positive, you know, and even yeah. if I have some friends where we go back and forth, even if we, you know, have we working on each other. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we sharpening each other's saw. So I I like that, you know, and you know, I just I that's what I want. Detroit. Like I really wish that Maxine Powell, you know, I'm gonna really follow that and try to, you know, get this etiquette game so we'll know okay. how to speak to each other when we see each other and you know, we don't have to be competitive. We can be more support. Okay.
1: I'm with it. Yeah. I'm with it. Here goes 313. Uh you can catch us, uh, my natural hair uh podcast every Sunday. We'll be at Detroit Sip. 2 p.m seventy four twenty west mcnichols i'm actually not talking i'm just around setting up microphones and setting up a table and bossing us no nah, i'm straight not straight bossing bossing so <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm a i'm a i'm a very 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 <laughs> awesome yeah he's <laughs> understanding, understanding person but uh if anything it's a real cool kick it session um
2: yeah you, know, you guys bear with us it's brand new for us so we just um getting into this uh this is my second go round, but this is markeisha's first. first you can tell it's my yeah. first but so, i'm yeah. gonna be on the mic like what
1: yeah exactly. <laughs> pretty soon it's shout growing. out to the cool cat <laughs> <laughs> lounge it's growing as you see the honks already they full of life full of zeal both of them so we we're gonna end it right here thank you so much thanks for having us car oh, thank you Kari.